And I think that's what's missing from a lot of things. Like people misunderstand that, hey, if you teach people to apply things and actually get results, like you'll be amazed at how much they want to do work with you and connect with you more, right? Should be results first. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. And welcome to season four of Digital Marketing Masters, where we're going to interview 50 of the best business and sales book authors. And I'm excited to have Ben here today. Ben, how are you doing? Absolutely fantastic. Now, Ben is a speaker and author of multiple books, but his latest book is People Ignorant, Unlocking Success, Confidence and Influence. And Ben has a law and criminology degree from Australia. He spent 10 years helping Fortune 1000 companies apply gamification principles to their sales and communication process. And now he spends his time helping people improve their sales conversations, helping people to close deals faster and discover the hidden opportunities in our daily communication. He also cycles 150 miles per week when he's not designing algorithms for persuasion. So, Ben, I want to ask you straight out of the gate. Tell me a little bit more about People Ignorant. Yeah, so that's the the latest book that we released. I'm super excited about it because it helps reinforce my story because I'm pretty certain when I share my story, most people are like, you know what? I experienced that too. Like I was a really shy person. I struggled. Like I sucked at sales, really sucked at sales. Public speaking was something I had to really work at. I can remember going to Toastmasters. I can remember going to B&I groups and literally I would be trembling when I had to come and do that. You get 60 seconds to introduce yourself. Like that was scaring the bejesus out of me. Approaching people, man, I would rather go to the dentist and get a root canal done than literally make a cold call. And a lot of people can relate to that. They can relate to it's they go to a networking event and approaching people is just It's just not comfortable. It's not fun, right? So I really wanted to be able to share that story and uh, share ways that you can improve and literally change those beliefs you have in minutes and literally change behaviors and become aware of things so you can become a more effective communicator. We teach people about the four different personality styles that you've really got to be worried about and what that means, like who you are and how do you fit in with the conversation to uh, be able to influence, be able to inspire, be able to empower, be able to close a deal, or or you may just want to connect with somebody more authentically. So we go into all of that and we go into a whole lot of little body language tips for people to use. But at the end of the day, if there's anyone looking for more confidence and they just want to improve their communication, I just give them the fast track to it. It doesn't require seven years of mastery or 10 weeks of courses and training programs. It's like you can literally read this book over dinner and uh, you'd be amazed at what you can implement within 15 minutes. Yeah, I uh, I started out pretty early in sales. When I was younger, I kind of I worked in restaurants and stuff, and I wanted to get out of the restaurant business. I realized that it was going to be endless amounts of work for no money for the rest of my life. So, I got into selling computers like commission sales, right? And this like stereo shop that they had uh, they don't exist anymore now, but they may have when when you actually lived in in Calgary at the time. It's called Sounds Around. Can't really remember that one, but well, in the '90s, I sold computers at Sounds Around, but we had like a lot of sales training. And man, without all that sales training, I would have had a really hard time starting a business. Yeah, well, a lot of people have a huge time with objections, right? They're scared of it. They're scared of a no, uh, and they forget. Like anyone listening right now, look. 
if you're scared of a no, I'm going to give you something you can pay attention to and write down right now. Like no gives you the pulse of the conversation. No is actually what it takes. You got to push for a no before you'll actually get a yes. And a lot of people stop when they, they get the seven yeses methodology, get them saying yes, yes, yes. But the problem is, is most people actually intrinsically feel you've taken away their right to actually know or say no. And if you can actually empower that and look for that in a conversation, that's when you're actually getting closer to actually getting a signature. You're actually getting closer to having less buyer's remorse. And there's a lot more science that supports communication that those car sales techniques that a lot of people taught like over the last 10, 15 years, like there's now a lot of research that shows they don't work the way they should. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of the old high-pressure sales tactic stuff doesn't seem to be very valuable anymore. And I, I mean, honestly, I don't have data on it from some industries, which you may have, but I've definitely found that kind of the educational sales approach seems to have been uh, making a lot of comeback in the last decade or so. They call it consultative selling or what have you. There's a myriad of names, client-first selling, of course. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you, you always wonder why it wasn't just that way always. Exactly. And what, one of the biggest problems we're finding right now is people have become ignorant around having a conversation. How do I connect? Like what I find fascinating is there is massive data associated with how lonely people feel, how disconnected they feel. Yet we're living in one of the most connective times ever. Like we were just talking before the show started about how you, dealing with people in Australia, like you're in Nova Scotia, dealing with people in Australia. And like you can be talking to somebody in, in Australia in less than five seconds. But yet people feel so isolated. They feel so disconnected. They feel so alone. And so it's kind of like, how do we evolve to that conversation? There's some generations that you just go out and you go to a Starbucks or a restaurant and you literally look at them. They can't put their phone down. And if they do put their phone down, they do not know how to engage with the people within six feet. They don't know how to conversation. All they can do is like tweet based comments to each other or jabs. And that's not an effective communication. So it's, it's quite fascinating what's going on right now. Yeah, there's definitely a deficit of connection in the connected world, which is weird because I'm old enough to remember the promise of the Internet, right? You know, I was on the incoming Internet before, you know, like I remember when Netscape Navigator came out, right? Like the first web browser, right? Well, you said you were selling computers. So, of course, you're at the cutting edge, like... I know I was selling computers, right? Yeah, at a stereo shop. So you can imagine. But the promise of the internet was everyone's going to be connected. And since we're all connected, it's going to like wipe out all the barriers of, you know, racism and societies and everybody's going to be more even and, and, you know, all this culture and stuff is going to spread and, and being lonely is going to be a thing of the past, essentially, which of course it just got worse. But and I, I don't want to get into maybe, you know, like a philosophical debate about why that is. But I think a big portion of that is is some of what you're talking about is is there's no practice with reading body language. There's cues that you miss online that you can't that you get in person that you don't get, you know, when you're online. Tonality, a port, the power of a pause. It's, it's phenomenal what people miss. And uh, when they talk about body language, there's like we teach people about three simple body language cues to be aware of. And it's amazing how most people don't know them. 
And, and we believe that most disagreements are literally caused because of a misunderstanding of either body language or the spoken word. So that's part of what's going on everywhere, exactly as you're saying. So what do you think if somebody wants to kind of dip their toe in, in this world, what's kind of some kind of tactic or, or something they can practice to kind of, you know, kind of start figuring this out to have better communication? Yeah, well, I'll give you two of the three body language cues right now because it's very, very simple. So one of the things is, is when you're at Starbucks next, when you're at a restaurant or even with family as you're sitting around the table or this works on a Zoom call, right? So all of this is stuff you could literally implement within five minutes of this recording. So one of the things you want to do is look for the what they call the lip compression. So the thing is, is if you... Like uh, like you're biting your lip, like you're rolling that top lip back, you're kind of holding your mouth back a little bit. And so the thing is, is you do that when you're fighting back what you have to say. So it's like withheld opinion. And you'll actually see that when when you ask people like, how are you doing? How was work today? They're like, they kind of have to take a pause to like, oh, like, and then they go, oh, it was fine, right? <laughs> Was it really fine? Like, did something happen at work today? Like, so the thing is, most people miss that and they'll skip right on. All right. And the second one for people who are taking notes is a single shoulder raise. So a single shoulder raise means either one of two things based on context. Yep. So either shoulder, it really doesn't matter which one, but you'll actually see it just kind of like it just pops up. Right. And the thing is, is when you're reading body language, you're always looking for change. There's no static thing. Just because you did that with them last time doesn't mean it's the same this time. Like you're always looking for change. And what the single shoulder raise means, uh, it means doubt. They're either doubting what you're saying or they're doubting what they're saying. Very interesting, right? So the thing is, is if you knew that you're talking to someone and you saw this little shoulder pop, right? Well, they're not agreeing with what you're doing right now because like they're kind of going in defensive mode and they're having to stop themselves because the other one, you to remember it is like if you raise both shoulders, that you, how, why do you do that? To protect yourself, but always to go like, uh, I don't know, right? So if people watch for those two things right now, life will change for them. Like I can promise you, you'll start to see it everywhere in daily communication. So if somebody is holding back, right, like they, they've got a comment or something that they want to make that's, you know, uh, kind of a negative opinion. And so you get that that kind of biting the upper lip kind of thing going on. Is that a point in the conversation where you think that you should address that? Or is that maybe a point in the conversation that you should be like, maybe I need to shut up for a minute and see what they have to say? Yeah, well, it's shut up and see what they have to sell 100%. Or it's like, okay, hold on, something's going on. So maybe I've got to uh, readdress this by asking a different question. You don't want to call them out and go, hey, I just saw you do a lip compression. So something's <laughs> going on. Like, don't be that dick. Please do not be that dick. But the thing is, is what you want to do is go, well, hold on. Let me ask them a question and engage them right now. Because what we find is if they uh, have an objection right now to if you're in a sales pitch and you're pitching something, uh, that objection can kill the sale when it comes closing time. All right. So the thing is, is if you don't address it now, it can literally kill your sale because they've got this objection. What happens when you have a thought and you have a disagreement? What, what happens? Well, I mean, you just keep thinking about it. It doesn't go away. Yeah. Are you paying attention to the, the rest of the presentation, the rest of the engagement points? Like you've kind of lost them. No. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of ignoring it. Yeah. You can definitely see it in 
I see it a lot in online selling with things like webinars and stuff like that. When, you know, like if it's a Zoom call and you can see the other people on it, you know, you can see when they've said something and a bunch of people go, you know, hmm, they almost look like confused or like they're like, I don't know if I believe what this person is saying. And then that you can just see the drop off point, right? Like people just start disconnecting or they turn their camera off or they click to another browser window or. Yeah. Well, and then you've, you've lost focus. The problem with today's world is if you lose, so the, the whole goal of any communication is to be able to captivate focus and lead it where you need it to go. If you can't captivate it, you've got a huge problem. If you can't lead it, you've got a massive problem. And I, I think one of the big things that's going on with like TikTok and all these other social media things where it's instant gratification is all these people get Insta famous, but they can't lead that tra- to a transaction. They can't lead it to something bigger. So what they do is they just chase more and more and more followers. And it's got nothing to do with the engagement of the followers. It's got nothing to do of, hey, how many people can I make take action? It's like, how many stupid stunts can I do to get attention and exposure? And that's why we see a lot of them struggle to actually like, yeah, you've got a million followers online, but you're still living in your mom's basement. Like, what's going on with that? There's absolutely a disconnect between getting attention and using that attention for any kind of reasonable purpose. I mean, I don't even know how many channels there are on YouTube that have more than a million subscribers that you can see the only way that they're monetizing is a combination of YouTube ads. And some advertiser said I could get a million dollars or a million eyeballs on my product if it's in this person's video. But there is no anything. There's no sales. There's no any. They're just like, okay, today we're in our video. We're going to sit on a giant Skittles pillow, you know. That's that's not really using people's attention for, you know, anything really. <laughs> no, exactly. And and we find a lot of salespeople have the problem of uh, inability to connect. And what I what I say to people, if they want to master anything, there there's four personality styles that I'd make them focus on. And we use the disc method. You can use the big five method, but disc is easiest. We don't even use the the letters. We actually use birds uh, because we find it easy. And like if I walk you through this process right now, if you wanted, like you would know exactly what it means, and you'd be like, holy crap, I can actually implement this. So for example, right, there's four personalities, which means there's four birds, right? Very simple. The Australian guy said four birds. That's all you got to remember, right? The first one is the eagle which we call liberty. So think of somebody you know who you would think would be like an eagle. What traits would that eagle person have? They would be decisive. They would be quick talking. They'd be an action taker. They'd be like the leader in charge, right? Can you picture anyone that you could picture having these eagle-like traits? Yeah, that's also a very good uh, memorization method, right? Because you've got the association. 100%. That's why we're doing it, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah, and you can listen to it in somebody's tonality because they're always going to be uh, action orientated. They're going to be asking specific questions about how do we get this done today type thing. And they're going to be uh, very people engaged. The, the next one is what we call the peacock, right? So if you're a peacock, right, we call this one Vegas, Vegas the peacock. And why do you think we call it Vegas the peacock? It's all about showy. It's about the bling. This person will be wearing the the, start, uh, the clothes of status and approval and things like that. And they're constantly seeking to be the center of attention. They want to be the conversation. They're once again people orientated and they're task focused. So you want to think about that. And they're always going to have a story to tell you. Always want to tell you the story. Can you think of anyone who you'd call a uh, peacock? 
Oh, for sure. I mean, especially in the marketing world, it's pretty easy to find some peacocks in the marketing world. Exactly. Exactly. They're the ones always there talking there beside the coffee. But like, let's talk. They also can be the what we call the pigeon. And the pigeon is an interesting animal because the pigeon is a flight based crowd animal. They're the ones that when you ask, well, what do you want to have for lunch today? They're like, well, I don't know. What do you feel like? Sally, what do you feel like? What's going on? No one's making a decision. Right. But we all got to eat something and it's going to take the it's going to take uh, the the peacock or it's going to take the eagle walking in. It's like, oh, let's go get tacos. And they'll be like, oh, I had tacos yesterday, but they're still going to go have tacos because everybody is going to have tacos. So they're that that very that collective. And the last bird is what we call the owl. And the owl is the, the know-it-all. They're the ones that want the knowledge. They when you're talking to this type of person, they want to see the white paper. They want to see the research. They want to see the diagrams from the engineer plans. They want to see the certifications. And when this person literally says, I need to think about it, they're the one personality type that needs to think about it. So the problem we see is if you present in your style, you fail to connect with them. And the thing is, is in sales, in communication, it's all about understanding who they are and how you how you need to communicate in their style so you connect with them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Talking about, you know, selling to engineers, I used to work at Intel and uh, you know, working at a, uh, in in a marketing group at an engineering company, you know, you 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 kind of get to learn kind of how to sell to engineers, right? Because you always you, you got to sell everything because you don't want to have a, a two and a half hour discussion of what's the best place to go for lunch based on the amount of time available and, you know, how long is it going to take and how busy it's going to be and let's estimate how long it's going to take to get our order and can we just go get a taco? Because I just want some tacos. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's a whole new world. Like, and if you're pitching an, a concept to an engineer, they're going to ask you totally based question. Like, and a lot of sales reps aren't prepared for that. And so they walk in, they walk in another engineer and just because they're another engineer doesn't mean they know how to communicate. What I love seeing is getting a technical guy trying to explain something to the non-technical person. It just kind of like, it just blows up. We see this in the IT professional a lot where these, they just, yeah, they love that it's a firewall or the virus scanner does this, right? They love all the features and they'll talk until the cows come home. But the, the person they're talking to does not care. They can't even use their iPhone. So like, who cares about the firewall? Like, you got to put it in a in a way that it means something to the person you're talking to. And I see that's the, the biggest mistake most salespeople make. When I used to sell uh, computers and electronics and things, we used to call those people 12 o'clock flashers. Because if you're old enough to remember like VCRs and stuff, nobody could figure out how to set the clock on it. So the number 12 would just flash on it forever because that means you hadn't set the clock yet. So the the technophobes and the, you know, whatever people like to call them now, we used to call them 12 o'clock flashers. There's a lot of uh, I'm, I'm like a lot of throwbacks to the old days here today. Everybody, everybody who's under 30 is going to be like, I have no idea what you're talking about, Matt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the, th- the thing is, is that like I understand getting stuck in a conversation. I understand hitting an objection. I'll be like, uh, or I understand. I don't know how to approach. Like I I hear people all day long. It's the same. Ben. I don't know how to send the message to the person on LinkedIn. Like, so, you know, how you're outreaching to somebody on LinkedIn and it's just like, I get stuck with what to say to them. I'm like, okay, well, 
if you get stuck there, I can promise you, you get stuck in a whole lot of other places down the, the sales funnel, like that rabbit hole, right? So it's a whole new world. And, and if you know how to identify them and predict personality styles, life just becomes way easier. You can use this when you get a free coffee even. When you get a free coffee? Yeah, you can use it to get free coffee. It's quite impressive. Oh, to get free coffee. <laughs> how do you use it to get free coffee? We don't want to give away all the secrets on all the podcasts. That kind of reminds me of the um, the good guy discount. The idea that when you you just if you want to practice rejection in sales, you just go and ask for a discount everywhere, right? So if you're going to go buy some shoes or something at the store, or you got to go whatever, got to buy some school supplies or something, right? And you you go in and you get to the thing and you go, oh, can I get a discount? And they're like. For what? And you're like, well, because I'm a good guy, <laughs> you know, or a good girl, right? Or you can be like, it's because I'm super nice. So can I get like 10% off or something? <laughs> you know, you'll be amazed how much that works. Like I do that all the time just because I'm like, hey, wh- why not? What do you got to lose? Right. The thing is, is and you'll be surprised how people are like, okay, no worries. We'll take 20% off. <laughs> okay, great. You're like I'll take that off for you. You can also, uh, garage sales are a great way to practice your sales, right? Go out go out and do some haggling. Yeah, I remember we used to do that a long time ago. Plus, the first time I ever bought a car, actually, I, I bought one brand new car in my whole life. And man, we just, we knew the, the formula, right? The car sales formula, the pressure formula. And we just pushed back against it so hard, me and another guy that I used to work with in sales. And we essentially got like, the best deal you can possibly get on a new car without them telling you to, you know, go fly a kite kind of thing. Uh, but it took like 10 hours, right? <laughs> but it's a long time. You got to be persistent. Yeah. It is a long process of persistence. So I think it's obvious what the advantages are of being able to sell better, right? Well, you'd hope so. Uh, you'd hope so. It's kind of, it should be obvious, but nah. improving your conversion rate, right? But is there any other advantages to, you know, the behavior model and understanding body language and things like that? Well, just being able to influence people, right? Being able to connect with people more authentically. This could be even at your uh, your church group, your social function, anything like that, right? Like, hey, if you want to be a leader, you want to in- empower people, you need to be able to connect with them. So being able to have those quality conversations. How do you start a conversation? How do you continue it? Because there's nothing like that awkward silence. Like you've asked about the weather. You've asked about, hey, what's next, right? And the thing is, is like, well, where do you take the conversation from there? Like, how do you move that on? The art of having a conversation isn't lost on anyone in any situation, really. And that's uh, extremely powerful. And you'll be amazed how you can even use it just with your social media, like being able to see different things. And hey, if you want to stimulate a debate, these are weapons of mass debate destruction. I can tell you that. <laughs> right. I don't know if you can call it debate on modern social media, but we covered that in, in several other episodes in the past on Digital Marketing Masters. So, Ben, you seem pretty passionate about the whole subject. And I'm kind of curious what made you kind of go into researching this in the first place? Oh, because I sucked. I sucked at sales. <laughs> I sucked at communication. Look, I'll tell you, I, I, I'll tell you how I uh, met my wife and you'll see how bad I was, right? So my wife walked into, uh, at the time, she walked into my coffee shop in Australia. So I met her in Australia when she was traveling. So she's Canadian, I'm Australian. And 
once again, I would give her free coffee because I was shy, right? I was embarrassed, right? Which if you're in business, giving away the product is a bad thing, right? And then the thing is, is she was on her laptop using our Wi-Fi, which she wasn't paying for because I was trying to do the nice guy thing and just give it to her, right? But I would literally go to talk to her and I would literally have to pretend as though I am cleaning beside her, right? Right? And by the time I finish the question, I've already run to the other end of the 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 coffee shop. And like, so one of the guys said the other day, he's like, it's like you were ghosting her mid question. And that's what I was doing. So she'd look up from her laptop at the time and I wouldn't even be anywhere around. She's like, is someone trying to talk to me? Like I'd be gone. So I was that shy. Wow. And so that gave you the idea to research it or did you do something that kind of triggered it? Uh, well, back then I'm like, well, if I want to pick up a girl, I got to learn out how to communicate, how to get over my shyness, how to, and then that kind of runs you through this gamut of all the self-help stuff and finding out where are the tr- r- true answers. I knew at the time, a lot of the speakers that they have in the US or in Canada never come to Australia because it's a long way away. Like it can be an 18 hour flight just to get there. So the thing is, is we would have people who are like the resellers or their coach of their coach, right, come to Australia and do the event. And I'm like, well, if I want to go to the source to get the the source of this information, I have to go to the U.S. And sometimes I was flying back and forth to the U.S. twice a month just to go to a conference, just to go to an event to learn about body language, to learn about self-help, to learn about confidence, to learn about all this stuff. And that's what kind of started my evolution of meeting more and more people who were way more skilled. I've been lucky enough to work with people who trained the CIA black site interrogators on communication and uh, the stuff they teach spies on body language. Like it it's phenomenal, like the amount of information that's out there and how you can even design your personality. And that's one of the things I share in the book. Like I literally show people how to design their personality traits, which is quite fascinating. That is fascinating. You know, I, I think the conferences and stuff, because you're talking about flying back and forth like twice a month. And, you know, I was in Oregon. I'd fly down to California and I was like, man, this is a hassle. <laughs> it's like a two hour flight, you know, but yeah, there's there's amazing speakers and information available. And I find a lot of information is in kind of book form, right? Like you can get a book about it and get a lot of information. But the problem is there is a ton of fluff and not great books to dig through to find that valuable piece that you need. And I think that's one of the things that when I started thinking about who do I want to interview at the end of last year, it kind of dawned on me that all of kind of all my favorite interviews were with people who'd written books and they weren't like super famous books. And a lot of the books written by kind of famous business authors and stuff, I found them to be quite repetitive. And a lot of them were padded pretty heavily. You know, there's 20 pages of information in a 200 page book. So by connecting with people like yourself and some of the other authors on the show. And then I go, you know, I read some of the book cause I don't have time to read the whole book between the time we schedule. So I had to kind of skim it. Right. And, you know, getting the other information that I can about the book and the powerful reviews and stuff that people have around the books kind of tells you about how the information is valuable without having all the fluff and all the padding and all the crap in it that you don't really want to read. And I don't mean to go on a diatribe about books, but that super annoys me about business books. <laughs> so, yeah, well, one of the things is you read a book and you're like, okay, great. Like, I love this theory, but how the hell do I implement it? 
how do I apply that to my life, my business, my communication, to my conversations? Like, and then like, oh, well, do I, they, do I have to buy the course? I'm like, why should I have to buy the course to then get sold something where you're still like, okay, great. How do I implement this? How do I apply what we're learning? And I think that's what's missing from a lot of things. Like people misunderstand that, hey, if you teach people to apply things and actually get results, like you'll be amazed at how much they want to do work with you and connect with you more, right? Should be results first. And so the book is People Ignorant, Unlocking Success, Confidence, and Influence. And you can get it at peopleignorant.com. And if people want to connect with you besides getting the book, Ben, where is the best place for them to do that? Well, they can just easily email ben at behaviorsales.com. Or uh, if they want to reach out to help at behaviorsales.com, it really doesn't matter. Will Someone will get back to them. Someone will get a conversation with them and we can show them exactly what they need to do to improve their conversations, improve their sales and help them be more effective. Perfect, Ben. I appreciate you coming on the show today and hope you have a great week. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you very much. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.